name is Patch. I can't tell you my last name. I can't tell you where I live. But I can tell you that this is The X-Files, a show where a handful of weirdos talk all about every Animorphs book in order. I am joined this week by the most wanted criminal this side of the Endolite homeworld. It's Vivian. Recording is like 15, 16 hours after we finished Owl House. Not even. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, oh boy. And we're also joined by the most elegant strain on Earth. It's Kate. Hey, what's up? Are we tired? <laughs> yeah, we were we were kind of we had kind of like a weird lowish energy when we were recording that finale yesterday. Well, that's not like true. Kind of just per- persisted. Well, I did at least beforehand because I actually had to have coffee at like one thirty in the afternoon because I was like weirdly a little tired. Like that that conversation helped boost my energy a bit, but it's like. It's going into this, it's like, yeah, we do this first thing in the morning, too, so it's like, oh boy. You can see it in my edit notes for that episode. I've got an overtalk point, like, every three minutes for the first two hours, and then suddenly we just crash and stop talking over each other anymore. <laughs> <laughs> we were so excited and amped up at the beginning, and it just... <laughs> yeah, um, it's, uh, it's been a big week for me because I am still, still finishing school, but... I'm getting there. How about y'all? <laughs> um, yeah, I'm still doing my thing. Uh, yeah. Very busy that, so. Yeah, I've, I've not really been up to a whole lot. Like, we, we talk about that a little bit more on yeah. that episode of Owl House that we're going to try to get up before anything else, really, just because it's like, well... It's kind of the show we started that podcast with, so... Oh, yeah, no, listen. Kind of takes priority. My schedule for today is writing a 10-page paper and also editing that at the same time. <laughs> oh, boy. Good luck with that, friend, though. Yeah. <laughs> I recommended to Patch something a little bit outside of y'all's wheelhouse, but hmm? a Babylon 5 rewatch podcast. That's what I want to do. I think uh, that'd be fun. Uh, I, I I think you had brought that up before, yeah. Yeah. too, right? Yeah, I think, I don't know. Maybe. Like I, I was like, it was like, it was either that or Battlestar Galactica. No, I've never seen, I've that. never seen Battlestar Galactica. <laughs> me, me, yeah. me neither. To be fair, I haven't ever actually seen Babylon 5 I've, either. I've seen Babylon 5 like, like six times. So... <laughs> It, it, it's it's very amusing how like a lot of the times that it's like oh yeah we agreed to do something and it's like i actually haven't watched this well it's <laughs> yeah. like kind of the best it yeah. is, i think the, these kinds of podcasts it, it, are best when one person yeah, has seen it's, it it's it's a it's a fun difference where it's like yeah because like patch mm-hmm. had seen all of she-ra and i had only seen season one yeah because um, i still i still don't know to this day why i didn't continue with it at the time when it was airing i just like kind of dropped it mm-hmm. like lost interest i guess so it was interesting to have that whole contrast of like you've seen the entire show and <laughs> Turns out they had forgotten a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah. in that show in a lot of cases, and I was like having a fresh new perspective of it sort of deal, and it was like, by the end we were both like, yeah, this show's all right. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a it was a little bit of a weird downer. Yeah. <laughs> by the end of Shira, for some reason, probably because they spent so much of that last season in space not doing a whole lot, and like the whole solution in the end is like, well, it's not a big actual fight, it's just arbitrary thing <laughs> that happens to cause the bad guy to go away yeah no it's, well, it's yeah. Yeah. no i think it's a good uh, dynamic to have at least one person who knows the material and one person who doesn't it like gives yeah it, it's an onboard for conversations mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah it's it is also fun when like both people don't know like how like the shrieking jack recently started what uh reading through the hunger games books which like neither of them have actually read but i think zc had said that they saw 
a little bit of one of the movies on like a plane but don't remember a whole lot i'm trying to remember based on which one it was because they said that they remember like mutated dogs and i'm like well there's mutated dogs in like all of them i think <laughs> or, or i don't think maybe not in the second one i think i might be thinking of the mutated birds that like harass people <laughs> but don't actually murder <laughs> i have never read the hunger games and i've only seen the first movie a long time ago didn't care for it um <laughs> Yeah, I, I didn't really start getting into that until, like, when the movies were airing, because, like, people were asking me, like, hey, Vi, do you know anything about Hunger Games? I'm like, no. And I watched the first movie, and then I was like, okay, this is curious. So I bought the books to re read them, and it's like, eh, they're all right. Yeah. I, I would say, I, I haven't read them since in, like, over a decade, but I'd say they're still hold up better than when my friend got me interested in Divergent, and then that series fucking burns up in the end. Let me simply say this. The Hunger Games is fine, but it pales in comparison to Susan Collins' true masterpiece, The Gregory the Overlander Saga, which is about uh, child soldiers and PTSD, much like the books we're here to talk about today. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize that Susan Collins wrote another series. Oh yeah, uh, Gregory the Overlander came first, and then The Hunger Games was later, oh. and that caught on for whatever reason. Huh, interesting. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think Hunger Games caught on because, like, that, like, latest 2000s was just, like, here's a bunch of YA dystopia books. Because <laughs> that was also around the time that Divergent started and stuff like that. Like, there were just so many of those. But <laughs> it's like, Gregor oh, the well, Overlander all the same. is all about a 12-year-old boy who learns to be the best sword fighter ever and then goes, oh, no, this is a disaster, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Com compared to, like, most of the other ones being, like, oh, yeah, no, this fucking whips. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, uh, Animorphs, we're here to finish book three today, so shall we jump into it? <laughs> we shall. Yeah, let's get, let, let's get into one of their dumbest plans possible since... This is, I think, probably the worst plan they have in any book altogether. <laughs> <laughs> it's real dumb, and it goes to hell just immediate. <laughs> well, yeah, um... You... Hmm? I'm really curious to see what their following plans will be like in the next few books as well. <laughs> if they're actually going to reference how much they fucked up this. <laughs> uh, Alright, so let's go ahead and get started with chapter 19, which I call Tobias actually has an intelligence score. Um, Sorry, does it count when your intelligence score is the highest of the party, but it's still a 10, <laughs> so your modifier is still a 0? <laughs> Because the rest of this group has, like, eight or lower. <laughs> well. Like, bless, bless Rachel's heart, but she's got an intelligence score of five. <laughs> now, I feel like a lot of them have intelligence scores. It's just none of them have any kind of wisdom at all. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. They are, they are full on, like, my old uh, superhero character, Kino, who had, like, an intelligence of 28 by the end, but... Wisdom isn't a stat in Hero, but we used to always joke that, like, if it was, Kino would have a wisdom of eight. Yeah. Cassie, Cassie has good wisdom. Just, just not... That's true, not yeah. The... She, she is, yeah, she is the closest to the divine spellcaster of the group. <laughs> she, she has that, she definitely has expertise in animal handling. Mm -hmm. And nature. But that's it. <laughs> yeah, um, so we open this chapter with Tobias suddenly realizing that actually this is a bad plan, we shouldn't do it. And the others are basically going, Tobias, this is your plan. You can't back out now. But, <laughs> yeah. Which is not which is not how plans work. No, it really isn't. Like, you can be the one that comes up with a plan and realize during the execution that this is bad and we should stop. Especially since the situation has changed. Like, they... Yeah. It's, it's a lot harder now, because now they have to get into the water 
Um, well, that hasn't like, happened yet. This is just, uh, they acquired the fish, and Tobias immediately goes, actually, no, I don't, this fish made me change my mind. I, I hate fish, actually. <laughs> I, th- I, think it, I think it's more that they don't have a lot of time left. That but, could be, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, they, they, they're they not aware that, like, the Yorks are almost basically already here yeah. anyway, but it's like, especially once they do show up, it should be like, we need to stop because y'all didn't have time to actually get already in the in the lake. Well, yeah, in this moment, what Tobias is feeling is upset because he's going to be, mm-hmm. like, outside around safe as a bird while the others are going up the, uh, mm. the tube and being mashed into fish slurry by the filters. Yes. But, <laughs> but yeah, um, basically, Jake does his actual leader thing and says no we agreed to this plan we're gonna do it at the end <laughs> so which doesn't feel like a leader thing that feels like a bullying thing <laughs> uh, i guess so like like we, we we came up with this plan on the fly and now we're realizing that it's a fucking dumb idea or at least one of us is but no it's it's sorry you're you're voted it's unquestionably a leader thing like no, jake do, jake does not do this enough which is to say actually make calls instead of asking other people to do that instead well and i, th- I now, think like leadership is about listening to the people you are leading and adapting their inputs so That's i fully true. think yeah. he's a good leader on that front eventually but at this point he just kind of sits around and waits for them to tell him to do stuff <laughs> well that that's that's true but like in this kind of situation where you're like in the middle of doing something um, that could be dangerous, or about to do something that could be dangerous. Yeah. <laughs> like, snap decisions become important, and it, there's no time to be like, I don't know, guys, what do you think we should do? Like, Yeah. Well, it, he's definitely doing his job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Admittedly, it's a bad call, but he's making a call, and that's what they need yes. right now. <laughs> yes. I suppose. But it's still, like... I mean, Marco said it best that they are just pretty suicidal with a lot of their plans. <laughs> yeah, well, Tobias has a flash of, like, he, it's it's almost a panic attack, really, because he's suddenly imagining being trapped as a fish instead of a hawk, and it just freaks him the heck out. It's, like, secondhand dysphoria, in a way, if that makes sense. It's. I mean, if, if you had to be stuck as uh, one animal, a bird is a pretty cool one to be stuck as. Especially yeah. a predatory bird compared to a fish, which is prey for everything. <laughs> uh, the uh, the sense I get from it is that there's a there is a study in which a doctor accidentally dosed himself with estrogen for a few weeks and gave himself uh, gender dysphoria because suddenly he was feeling female gender feelings and didn't have those before and now his body messed up and that's the kind of the sensation i get from this specific tobias considering being a fish like it's not there but suddenly it's introduced to him yeah and yeah uh i'm i'm curious how that doctor accidentally gave himself estrogen for a few weeks now (laughs) uh well what happened was is he knows he knew that it was good for, like, skincare routines, right? So he was giving himself an incredibly oh, small gotcha. dose. Except he accidentally messed up the dosage and gave himself, like, a hundred times what he was trying to. <laughs> Uh-oh. Yeah, that, that's something that also uh, actual doctors won't prescribe to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes, um, so Tobias, in the middle of this freakout, just takes off because he can't be here with the fish right now. So he flies off, and there's no thermals here. He doesn't say that, he just says it's dead air, but there's no thermals here, so he has to actually flap for once. Um, 
Um, yeah, he he kind of real reflects on how weird this is because like it's pretty weird that he's panicking about his friends maybe being fish. That's like not a thing people have to deal with, but. He just keeps flying, and eventually he spots the park rangers and the uh, the hawk, the the female hawk from the other captivity. She's watching him because, of course, there's another hawk in her territory, and she's pretty defensive about that. But like, he apparently has the sense that she wants him to come join her, and uh, I I feel like this is him projecting. But he then talks a little bit about how he doesn't know whether hawks mate for a season or for life, and he doesn't know, but he really gets the sensation that he wants to except that the human part of him isn't ready to settle down with anyone which is like okay he's 12 yeah yeah tobias you are 12 and also you should really not be having these thoughts my guy and also that's a bird yeah <laughs> also, also that yes uh-huh. <laughs> he is a bird with a boy's head and uh, brain not head <laughs> boys, that's a horrifying uh sight uh hawk with a human head on. No, we just got what a wolf I, head he, he, or human what i mean head is Tr- true what i mean is tobias wants to fuck that bird mm-hmm. but it's a bird yeah. <laughs> yep Arthur Eggford, vo- Arthur Eggford voice of like, I fuck that bird. That bird is my paramour. The, the <laughs> bird only it's from a twelve-year-old, and it's really upsetting. The bird in this case is a non-sentient animal, incapable <laughs> of giving consent. Like, yeah. yeah, compared to the phoenix that uh, is implied to be Ida's mom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, by contrast, Tobias here says, and I'm quoting here. I'm reading this quote from the book. I would be glad when this mission was over, and I no longer had to come here to her territory. She confused me. <laughs> She's a bird, Tobias. Please. Yeah, Tobias. She's a bird, and it's it's not like this bird is like punching you because uh, you know people think that she might like you or something. But yeah, like kids might occasionally do. It's like not that. It's a bird. So Tobias suddenly, in the middle of all this, he spots a bunch of jeeps rolling down the road. They're about a mile off, so he yells to his friends to to hide. But uh, they're they're trying to get back in this cave, and it's not fun when you're a human on account of there's bam- brambles and thorns and they're just getting torn to shreds as they dive through the bushes to get into the cave. And then there's a helicopter here. I don't know how he didn't see the helicopter coming, but <laughs> the, uh, the the other kids are not getting into the cave fast enough. The helicopter is going to be right on top of them. So uh, he does the thing that he's already done in this book, which is when he flies as fast as he possibly can towards glass. Good job, Tobias. I guess you've got to go to move. Uh, yeah, the, he says that the chopper is doing 90 miles an hour, and he's flying straight at it, so... Uh, then we're going to get into chapter 20, which I will call Tobias Gets Exceptionally Lucky. Um, yeah, he can tell that this helicopter is not going to pull up, and they're just going to smash into each other at 90 miles an hour. But then at the very last second, he catches, like, a flicker of motion that the pilot's making and sees which way the pilot is going to turn the helicopter. So the helicopter turns right, and, well, he turns right, and the helicopter turns left. So this is not a maneuver that a regular hawk could pull off, I think, because it wouldn't be able to gauge the helicopter's flight path. I think he just kind of blew his own cover, but lucky him, this controller did not want to murder a random hawk for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's like the, the, I mean, it's not like, well, I guess because, like, 
the controllers might not know fully if, like, whether or not a bird of uh, hawk size hitting a helicopter propeller might fuck up the propeller and cause him to fall and die. Well, I think whether, he's but... not aiming for the propeller. He's going to smash straight through the windshield. <laughs> I think it's a... true, but they probably don't want to hit have a bird hit the windshield and potentially smash it I th- at the least. I think, I think it's a knee-jerk reaction. I think it's like, <laughs> oh, you're flying a helicopter, suddenly, bird, what do you do? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> Like, you probably instinctively swerve out of the way, because whole fuck bird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tobias tumbles a little bit. He, he doesn't know what he's doing because of the whole wind from the helicopter, but eventually he's able to recover, and the others got into the cave while he was busy playing chicken with a helicopter. So he, he tells them that they're cool and that they can wait, but they can't answer because, of course, they don't have thought to speak. So the Yurks just sort of start doing their thing. They send the park rangers out with their weapons to, like, secure the area, and the helicopters are buzzing around, and then the pork show up, and then, uh, yeah, it's, he feels like the pork are being weirdly cautious, and assumes that, uh, Visser 3 killed the guy from yesterday, but it didn't happen on screen, so it doesn't count. Um, <laughs> and then... I think it, no, I think it still counts, because, like, it's still a kill. It's not on screen, it doesn't count. <laughs> That was the rule well, we set up at the beginning. That... So is the next one that's going to happen in a few chapters not going to count? Because Tobias doesn't look at it directly? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that still counts because he says that Hook Procedure is gone. Yeah, but it's like... So what we established in the first book, the one that Cassie killed, that was also off screen, right? But it gave us specific information that indicated to us that that guy died. This time Tobias is just assuming because these guys look jumpy. There's no actual... There's, I mean, there's no body. There's no even vague hints that somebody died here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I want my boy Tobias to have higher kill count. He'd be indirectly, he'd be directly responsible for that, really. <laughs> <laughs> even if Mister Three's the one who does it, it's because of Tobias's actions. <laughs> uh, I guess my, my boy needs to get more on the, on the scorecard. Uh, I can see your instinct there, but like. It's fine. Tobias do murder. Jake is also tied for last place. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> yeah, but Jake sucks. Tobias rules. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Jake has the actual ability to kill people. He's got a tiger. Um, well, you see. say that, but Tobias is pretty effective later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, um, so the, uh, the, the invisible thing appears above Tobias, just sort of shimmering out of nothingness as this enormous thing shows up and he mentions that it kind of feels like someone's put a moon over his head and then he uh, heads out to the cave because the big ship is here so beyond the ship though there's uh bug fighters and instead of the two that it was last time there's four of them so they're clearly nervous and he thinks it might be because that guy escaped the other day but uh the other thing is is that uh the blade ship is here so, three books in a row, we're getting Visser 3. We're not getting away from him that easy. Uh, <laughs> is, he, is he just going to be in every book? I'm pretty sure he's not in every book, but for the first few at least, I, I mean, guess they it, have to remind no, us who the big villain is. I know for Yeah, it makes sense. I know for a fact that he's not in every book, because I don't think he shows okay. up when we see the Helmicrons. <laughs> <laughs> I know there is at least okay, one it's... book that has both Visser 3 and the Helmicrons in it. I don't know if it's both of them. <laughs> 
Uh, it, I guess it makes sense that he's you know, like repeatedly showing up in the first few just to remind you, like, hey, remember who the asshole guy is? <laughs> this fucking this fucking guy. You know, gotta remember this guy sucks. I remember several books that Visitor Three is not in. Yeah, um, if nothing else, he's not in the Chronicles. So yeah, yeah. It's just it's just very funny to remember because I'm pretty sure we brought this up yesterday as well that uh, where it's like oh yeah remember how Bellos doesn't show up until the finale of season one of Owl House <laughs> Meanwhile, Visit Three just apparently keeps doing a bunch of like leg work <laughs> just because he can't actually have anybody else bring anything to him or trust anybody yeah. <laughs> so he's just constantly always like walking around as a weird deer person. <laughs> Yeah, um, so now that these ships have landed, uh, he sees that just disintegrate a deer in mid-leap because the Yurks are actually doing the smart thing for once and just shooting any animal they see. If there's Andalites yeah, here, they're going to get I, got. <laughs> which I know is also a thing I brought up before with the previous book of like, why are they not just immediately wiping out every single animal that could potentially be around them at all points? Honestly, I think that was this that book. There's some... <laughs> No, I thought that was like when uh, he was like, uh, when they uh, no, originally started was, to suspect Cassie as a cat. Or not Cassie, uh, Rachel as a cat. Yeah. Was it? I, I don't remember. Uh, but, like, yeah, they, I'm pretty sure you like brought it up last of, like... episode, because they didn't shoot the, the gang as wolves, so. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right, yeah, that might have been it. Because it's like, you know that there are people that you assume to be Andalites who can morph into animals around, fucking around with you. You should be immediately wiping out every... Uh, creature you can possibly see at all times. <laughs> they get a lot more trigger happy as time goes on. This is kind of the beginning of I mean, of it makes that. sense. <laughs> yeah. It's just amusing that they are just not immediately being like, oh, there's like a rat there? Yeah, fucking light it up because we don't know, just to be safe. Can't wait until book 17 where we have to say the phrase Gleet Biofilter like a hundred times. <laughs> Gleet Biofilter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What the fuck is a Gleet biofilter? It's a You'll find out in a couple years. It's a, it's a it's a it's Gleet and it biofilters. Oh, I thought you said Gleep like with a P. No, Gleet with a T. It's also not a word, so I don't know why yeah. you're like, oh, I thought you said this. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So having seen Visser Three step out of the ship, Tobias waits until the Horkbashir patrols go past, and then zooms back to the cave. And they're, like, a little put off because he's not supposed to be here. That's not the plan. But since Mr. 3 is here, he's trying to, like, you know, we need to abort now. Uh, then we'll get into Chapter 21, which I will call the worst plan ever. <laughs> um... <laughs> Yeah, they're, of course, all freaked out because Visser 3 is here, uh, you know, he wasn't supposed to be here and now he is, and uh-oh, he might eat us alive like he did Elfangor, we really don't want that. Which is uh, weird, because I'm pretty sure that Visser 3 does nothing. Like, <laughs> yeah. as, as this goes on, Visser 3 is just kinda in his ship and he yells a bit. We'll get to that, but like... Listen, he's super good at yelling. <laughs> Uh. Yeah, Marco's theory basically is that since that guy got away the other day, Visser 3 is just here to personally oversee the operation, so, like, he, he's here to scare his guys into compliance. But either way, it super doesn't matter be why he's here, because he's here, so we have to abort the plan, obviously, because they can't sneak down to the water and morph into fish if the Yurks are just shooting everything around the lake. But, uh, yeah. 
Rachel really disagrees. Uh, she still thinks that it's a good idea to sneak down to the lake and turn it to fish, because we really have to get rid of this ship. Like, I appreciate her spirit, but come on. <laughs> sunk cost fallacy. Listen, we already spent all the time to get out here. We touched a fish. <laughs> we touched a fish. <laughs> yeah. Jake is actually on board with this. He's... He's leadering, but he's not very good at it. He still wants to get on that ship and turn the, the thing off, the cloaking device off over the city. And, yeah, he he's just basically ignoring Tobias, which he's going to get a lot better at. But at this point, when you break it down, Tobias is effectively their scout. He doesn't have any real muscle. His job is to collect intel, and Jake is ignoring the intel that his scout is giving him. This is bad leadership 101. <laughs> Yeah, and then um, and then Cassie comes up with a plan. Um, <laughs> Cassie, poor thing. Because um, the thing is, is that a fish doesn't have to be in the water constantly. It can survive out of the water for a couple of minutes, and they're turning into a small fish, which a hawk could carry. So, what if they turn into fish out of water, and then Tobias flies them over and drops them in the lake? Very bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> If this is your option, again, abort the plan. Stop it. Yeah, it's like like you're banking on a lot of shit here, aka, which is that you have enough time to make sure that they don't, you know, drown for like a better word and not being in the water for long. Yeah. You have to hope that the fucking yurks are not paying attention to a bird repeatedly flying in and out of a cave to drop fish into the <laughs> into the lake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and you already know they're shooting any animal they see, so you're relying on this also, hawk being stealthy that, enough to yeah. not be seen. So, so when meanwhile Tobias says he can't carry these fish well because they're too big for him. The the thing is, the kids are not good at this yet, but no. very luckily, very luckily, neither are the yurks. So. <laughs> <sighs> Every, nobody in this entire campaign has a tone score past a 10. It's, 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 it's probably because it's not a campaign, it's a series of children's books, but... <laughs> we, we keep making this joke on, like, the main Us Weirdos episodes of, like, uh, the campaign as uh, these characters are in. I'm saying... Like, we definitely, brought the, we definitely brought that up at times just in our outside conversation about a certain thing with Luz that happened in the finale. <laughs> All I'm saying is that if you keep relying on that metaphor too much, eventually it's going to fall apart. Oh, yeah. No, oh, it's... it didn't for Shira. It didn't for Shira. We kept being able to make a bunch of D&D 5e parallels to Shira. Yeah, Shira is extremely RPG-based. Like, everything... Yeah. The whole narrative structure is an yeah. RPG campaign, and I think that's part of the reason it fell as flat as it did at the end. Adora is a classic hexagon, but she focused on strength instead of charisma. Regardless, um... <laughs> Regardless, Cassie has intelligence because she has the nature skill and she rolls good at it all the time. Anyway, um... Just because you have proficiency and expertise in something doesn't mean you're actually good at it because you have a stat. <laughs> My my paladin has profi has a proficiency in wis in uh, perception and insight, but I have a wisdom of ten. That doesn't mean I'm good at it. <laughs> uh, proficiency is dumb. Bring back the old skill point system from three point five. Yes. I don't like that. No, I don't like that. <laughs> I don't like the skill system. Well, I'm sorry, but if you want to play D and D, it's objectively better. Um. Meh. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, Tobias says that no, absolutely not. And then there's a moment here that, like, 
I, I really want to bring up because in Rachel's book, she talks about how Jake is crazy and an adrenaline junkie like she is. And at the time, we kind of disagreed with that. We, we said that, yeah, maybe he was kind of a thrill seeker, but not anywhere near the same way she was. But in this moment, they are just all on board with this fish plan. They're like ramping off each other. It's so weird. I, I appreciate <laughs> this, but it's not like... I, I understand Rachel's perspective now because this isn't the Jake that we saw in those first two books. <laughs> I think it is the Jake that tried to charge a hork with a pipe. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of forgot he did that, or tried to, at least. <laughs> yeah, so they're, they're uh, just they egging each other on, dumb, basically, dumb and Marco and Tobias are complaining, but since it's Cassie's plan, she's on their team. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, since it's Cassie's plan, she decides that uh, she's going to go first, but this is the first time anyone has morphed a water animal. Um, and Jake insists that, you know, if she starts suffocating, she has to stop because you can't, like, we super don't want her passing out while she's morphing. That would be horrible. But, uh, yeah, um, this is awful. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't have a better word for it. Uh, Tobias talks a little bit here about how Cassie's always the best at doing morphing and making it look kind of like an art form and cool, but not this time because fish are just terrible. He hates fish so much. <laughs> <laughs> Tobias hates fish and everything they stand for. He is a bird. He's he's exactly Tizo from Pyre. So, so as someone who spent four and a half years learning almost all, like, entirely just learning about fish, um... He's right. Fish are terrible. <laughs> <laughs> they are gross. Fish, fish are... Also, to be fair, I don't... I really do not even like the taste of fish. Fish are gross and weird and dumb and they eat their own poop. So... <laughs> <laughs> that they do. Yeah, fish are dumb. Except yeah. for puffer fish. Puffer fish are smart. There's some fish that are cool. Just not, not trout. <laughs> yeah, so, some fish are neat. But yeah, most fish are idiots. <laughs> yeah, there's a little piece of the description here that's really interesting to me like the first thing that happened i mean apart from her hair disappearing the first thing that happens is that her skin just gets all hard like varnish and it doesn't become scales until several steps later so that just sounds awful <laughs> mm -hmm. but yeah and then there's a little bit of strangeness in the way she morphs because she grows a tail separately instead of her legs turning into a tail which i think is maybe not how that would work when you talk about anatomical equivalency, but morphing doesn't make sense a lot of the time. <laughs> um, yeah, and then by the time she's basically a, a two-foot-long fish with arms, she's still got her lungs, but then all of a sudden, no, boom, no more breath. And she's just flopping wildly as she finally finishes up the morph, and people are panicking because she can't breathe, and... Uh, She's, she's got at least a little bit of control because she can thought speak, and she's talking about how panicky the fish mind is, which that might not be the fish mind. You are suffocating all of a sudden. It yeah, could be yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't think that's the fish necessarily. <laughs> it's, not like the, it's not like the shrew or anything mind that Rachel had. This is just, oh... Uh, I am not able to breathe yeah. air. Uh-oh. This is a problem. There's a thing here where Tobias is like, well, don't worry, you've been through this before. Just get control of the fish's instincts. You got this. As she's screaming for him to put her in the water because she can't breathe. Mm -hmm. And it's like, Tobias, put her in the water. It's not fish instincts. She can't breathe. <laughs> so I saw I saw a thing on this study um, that was done 
this case study on a woman who was incapable of feeling fear, like, legitimately just could not feel fear, until they subjected her to, and I wish I had more specifics, but until they, they subjected her to, like, essentially suffocation, to, like, higher carbon dioxide content in her blood, and she panicked. She felt fear for the first time in her life, because, turns out, when you are suffocating like that bypasses all of the other shit in your brain you just straight up automatically are terrified um yeah <laughs> just physiologically it's just a physiological response so that's something that i think everything that breathes has in common i don't think this i i, I agree with you i don't think this is the fish brain i think this is just <laughs> suffocating <laughs> I, yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> So yeah, uh, Tobias can only hit about 10 feet of altitude while carrying these fish, because they are too big for him. But uh, because of this, he's spotted by a Hork-Bajir, which looks up and sees him as a bird with a fish in his talons. And he he mentions that he's hoping that the Hork-Bajir don't figure out that red tails aren't fisher birds. But like, I don't know why that's what he's hoping for and not, I hope they don't shoot me because I'm an animal moving around them. <laughs> <laughs> the better thing to do here would be to have Rachel morph bald eagle, and bald eagles are fish birds, mm-hmm. so they can carry them, and then you could have two people working on this, get it done faster. It would still be do st- it would still be stupid and dangerous, but it would at least, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get it. And yeah, um, so he manages to get her there, though he he drops Cassie in the lake. He describes it as being like a World War II bomber just releasing its payload. And uh, she... Yeah, that's such a weird analogy that he makes. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, cool, Tobias, equating yourself to doing a war crime. Which, I mean, I guess that's Animorphs as a whole, in a sense, but still. Well, yeah, this is less about the crime and more about the physical action of dropping the okay. payload. <laughs> yeah, it's still a weird comparison to make. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I don't know. I was just like I, I don't necessarily. I think it's just like mentioning a World War Two bombers and all that weird. Yeah, for or like sure. Just a bomber in general. People I, talk I, about I, planes. I, I guess. People talk about planes. Yeah, people. T- yeah, people do compare uh, Basil Geese from Monster Hunter to being uh, the B fifty two bomber as well. So I guess that's true. <laughs> but that's that's because Basil Geese is really just a B fifty two bomber, but a dragon. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That that uh you might have seen bits of it. That's the big dragon that they introduced in Monster Hunter World that has like pine cones on its tail that it drops and explodes. Nope. Okay, never mind. Yeah, we didn't fight one of those in the Monster Hunter section of our D and D campaign, so we don't know what it is. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's it's a cool monster. It has a very uh fun uh song that like theme song that supplants everything else when it shows up. It's just he's a dick. But it's not strictly <laughs> also, true because be- I did do a giant chainmail piece based on one of our friend Pixel's designs for a basil juice, but, that you know, that's secondhand. <laughs> I think it's supposed to be basil keys, but at the same time, nobody really knows how to pronounce basil keys. I mean, because, like, people people joke about calling it, like, bagel guy or booty goose, but, like, who knows? When you spell yeah, it that, that way as a star, it's juice, so I'm using juice. <laughs> um, okay, fair. Anyway, uh, so he drops Cassie in the water, and she's silent for a moment, but eventually she answers his calls for asking if she's okay, and she she's there. It's not super clear why she's not answering at first, but I assume this is her getting the fish instinct under control. 
And then, uh, like, the first thing she realizes that is that she's underwater. <laughs> so, good job being a fish, Cassie. Um, and then, yeah, she, she admits that she was very scared that whole time, because while she was suffocating, she just imagined herself being cooked. Yeah, that's... You, you're turning into a, a fish. This is... Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> Get an existential crisis right before you have to do a fish sneaking mission. Indeed. But that is the end of my chapters, as they begin the worst plan known to mankind. <laughs> Uh huh. Sure do. Uh, before I get into that, real quick, I need to correct myself. Uh, Tizo is not a bird. Tizo is a dry vamp, even though he looks like a bird. My apologies, Tizo from Pyre. <laughs> uh, yeah. In any case, chapter twenty-two, which I'm gonna call "Bird to the Face," the third, because Tobias only has one plan with fighting people. Uh, he basically easily drops a uh, fish Jake and fish Marco into the lake. But when it's time for Rachel to morph, they're interrupted by a hork bajir and a human approaching the cave as she's finishing the morph. Uh, seems that none of these people bothered to notice a ca this cave up till now, even though they've been going around sweeping stuff and being very absolutely thorough, yeah. but somehow missed this place. Because There's like a bunch of bushes in front of it, like... I guess, It just yeah, looks I like bushes against like... a mountain, it's fine. Well, and the human... Yeah, I guess. The human is calling the hork bajir an idiot, or the human controller, the yurk inside the human, is calling the yurk inside the hork bajir an idiot, uh, for not checking this cave. So... Yeah, I mean, makes sense. Like, maybe the Hork Vizier just didn't have a good perception role who was responsible for this zone, Again, so it's, he it's, missed it. it's like, why do we have to relate everything to... Because it's easy, and I'm currently playing a 5e campaign that's only two sessions in, so far... the Hork Vizier didn't see it. It doesn't have to be a perception <laughs> role. It's the Hork Vizier didn't fucking see it. People don't see... People fucking don't see things sometimes. There were no <laughs> dice being rolled. My understanding, from what I recall, is that Horkbizier don't have the best eyesight, so if he was the one patrolling this area, it would make mm -hmm. sense that he missed this place behind the bushes. Yeah. Okay. I guess that comes into the better question of, like, I guess they are completely reliant upon their host's, uh, like, sight and stuff like oh, that yeah. compared to the Yurks' own, because the Yurks are just gross little brain slugs. Yeah, in their natural form, Yurks are blind and deaf. They have no sensory perception whatsoever. They're just relying on their hosts. Yeah, that's fair. But yeah, they didn't notice this cave, and the human is warning the hork that if they find anything in the cave, that Visit 3 will murder him just like that hork that let the human from earlier escape. That Tobias also mm -hmm. saved with Bird to the Face. And, and hork is just like... Uh, Hork is just, like, making fun of the human for having a puny human He really, body. yeah, he really <laughs> is. He's like, ah, like, puny, tiny, haha. <laughs> it's a little amusing that it's just like, yeah, it's like, it's not this person's choice, like, that, that he's in a human body. He, that's just what he got from the random draw or whatever. Yeah. This is where I actually want to talk about the kill count again, because when we discussed it earlier, there wasn't, like, on-screen evidence that anything had happened to that guy. Mm -hmm. But now we have someone saying, the Visser will do to you what was done to that poor fool yesterday. So do we think that counts? And if so, who does it count for? I think, um, I think it counts for Visser 3, right? Because, uh, I mean, unless we want to give partial credit to both Visser 3 and Tobias this, this, for responsibility Visser of that kill. Visser 3 gets a full kill for the Yurk and half a kill, <laughs> the other half of the kill for the Hort Pajir. <laughs> I mean, we haven't take we haven't done that metric for any other deaths when it's like th these kids have killed these other guys who have been brain slugged. So it's like we've only been giving that as one point rather than one and a half. No, well, what I'm we, saying, we what I'm saying is, in the past we, we have given a full point for the Yurk if and only if we have confirmation that the Yurk died. 
And we we gave uh, we gave half fair. a point to Tobias two times for swiping out of Hortbegier's eyes and dooming that Hortbegier to be killed mm-hmm. by the Yerks. So <laughs> that's true. Visor three gets like the other half. Probably I would say gets the other half of that Hortbegier kill and then the Yerk kill. Okay, so just a half a point each. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, no, Visor uh, three would get one and a half, and Tobias. Oh, I see. Half. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Tob- Tobias set him up for the kill. Yes. <laughs> Tobias gets. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll. He's like, oh, I'll, I'll hit this guy enough to stun him, and then you just chop his head off, right? Okay, cool. Tobias we got it. <laughs> Teamwork. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. The uh, Halo announcer voice assist <laughs> for Tobias. Like Tobias just like flying hours later and just has that announcement in the HUD, and he's like, what? <laughs> what happened there? Oh, I guess, I guess that four fucker. Oops. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, those two argue about who will go inside because the Hork-Bajir is too large, but it was also his job to check the sector, and after a bit of back and forth, that park ranger guy eventually decides to just go in. So Tobias and Rachel just make a break for it the same way he did with the helicopter, by just flying at this guy's face. <laughs> uh, and the Hork-Bajir manages to slice his tail fibers a little bit, but not his actual tail. And they manage to get into the air despite Tobias being tired from carrying all his little fishy friends. <laughs> Uh, but then the Hork-Bajir levels a Dracon beam at him and whiffs so hard that he sizzles a hole in the truck ship's underbelly. <laughs> so these two idiots have way more pressing concerns because of what Vistra 3 will do to them to, to even pay attention to Tobias dropping Rachel into the water at this point. <laughs> like, these, these, these two fucking guys, it's basically, it's, it's fucking like Bill and Ted or whatever. This is not <laughs> like just Bill being and like, Ted. Oh, Christ. Oh what? Oh what? I was thinking. I think I might have been thinking of views and butthead instead. Bill and Ted. There you reason. go. <laughs> just these two fucking guys just being like, ah oh, shit. <laughs> we made a bad situation even worse by lo- taking out a gun. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Uh, Tobias wants to, to stay close to them as possible due to the thought speech's range limitation, which I have to bring up. How come in the time that they have not been doing all these stupid plans to try to fight the Yerks, why haven't they tested out to see the range of thought speech yet? <laughs> <laughs> they could all turn into birds. You would think that they would just be like, okay, let's float around here at this like uh, destination, and then we'll just stretch out more as we fly past each other, or like fly outward or whatever, until we can't talk to each other anymore, and then see what landmark went nearby and figure out the distance that way. <laughs> <laughs> but these kids are idiots, so they don't think about that to figure it out for pur- purposes like this, I guess. Well, they're, they're, they're not quite clear they're, on the scientific method. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like that's like one of the things you really should test to know how far, how long, like to know how far your telepathy works. <laughs> it's not super far don't. from what we've seen so far, because like Rachel couldn't hear them when they were outside and she was in the basement. It's got like a sixty foot range max. <laughs> yeah, like maybe a hundred at most, but it's like you would still want to know exactly how much. <laughs> For situations like this, where Tobias is basically positioning himself barely above the water surface, just enough to not bonk his head into the ship. Because <laughs> I guess I also envisioned the ship as like being way farther above the water and just lowering this pipe. I didn't realize it's like almost like right at water level, and the pipe is apparently small. Well, it would have to be super low for it to decloak, so people couldn't see it. I mean, I guess, I guess, yeah. I guess I was just envisioning it being like closer, like maybe like ten feet up compared to what it seems like. It's like only like three or four feet above the water. Yeah, that's no, fair. I guess I was I guess I was thinking of it more like one of those like clear long pipes from uh, Mario 3D World, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not just a little shoot. Uh but yeah. 
but like I said, Tobias uh, goes and flies close between the ship and the water surface in order to be as close to them as possible. And he doesn't tell the others this because he thinks Jake might tell him off about stupid risks, as though they aren't going up an unknown pipe to become fish pulp. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, oh, you're, you know, Jake is going to be annoyed at me for taking stupid risks. Meanwhile, they're doing this. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, but uh, Jake goes up the pipe first to scout out the situation, and he finds himself in a big water tank with a grate near the ceiling. And <laughs> their plan at this point is basically wait till the pipe, the, the tank fills itself up all the way to be able to unmorph to open up the grate and then morph into murder animals. Which is still really banking on a lot of stuff because I interpret it as once the grate is, like, once the water's full, they would not be able to breathe because they would have no space in the tank. Well, yeah, that does seem reasonable. But uh, they don't adjust that part. But like. also, I don't really know what their plan is with this grate, because it's not... Obviously, we don't know how it's affixed. It's not... We don't hear if it's bolts or whatever, but if you're yeah, morphing like... human and just floating in this water tank, you're not going to have the leverage to try and pull it off, you know? No, you're really not. <laughs> Maybe... It might be a combination of those two, but it's like, Jake does say that like his shitty fish eyes doesn't let him see far above the water, so he really can't get a sense of this grate, so it's like, if there's no yurks around, you would think it's like, okay, I should probably unmorph then to try and get a better look at this grate ahead of time, rather than being like, oh, well, this grate is bolted in, and we have like two inches of the uh, open air to still breathe before we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> but eh, these kids are idiots. Uh, but chapter 23, which I'm gonna call, uh, Lou Wilson voice, oh shit, bird murder. Because, <laughs> uh, <laughs> God, I love that line that he said back in, uh, Misfits and Magic. Uh, opens with Tobias watching the trigger-happy hork Bajir get executed by Vista 3. Well, he says, he doesn't actually watch, but he knows it happened, because he's like, I didn't look at it, but it's like, I know that this is, this guy's fucked. Okay. Uh, and he does say, point to Fisher huh? 3's tally. <laughs> yep. Do, well, do we also give half a point to Tobias because he also set this guy up to die accidentally? I don't think so, because Tobias was just flying past. It's this guy's decision to True. shoot the ship. Y yeah, he, he, didn't, he didn't scratch this guy's eyes or whatever to make him shoot. He just decided to. So yeah, I guess he doesn't. But yeah, but he does feel bad for the hork Bajir that was forcibly yurked, who is now just fucked. <laughs> because it's like, well, this guy didn't choose this. <laughs> Uh, but he notices that a lot of controllers are approaching Visser 3 afterwards, with Visser 3 pointing at the sky, and at this the helicopters and bugfighters start ticking off, and Tobias realizes what this must mean because they'd easily realize that there's someone morphed at the bird between the bird and the cave, a bird in general just around recently being sus as hell, and also it would being a bird that distracted that Hork Bajir the other day from killing that human. <laughs> So he's like, ah, oh, fuck. Well, they obviously know. Wasn't he really obvious uh, about being a bird during the last book, too, when they were at the fight at the construction site? Um, uh, No, I don't think he was really actually... I mean, he he grabbed Rachel for a bit just to, like, uh, try to get her away after... But it was, like, after she, like, fell at the construction site. Like, he got her into a tree. I don't think they might have seen him as much because right. it was dark I at, guess that's at that fair. point. And he, he wasn't he wasn't like he was like flying to the construction equipment to turn it on like <laughs> the others were as people. <laughs> but yeah, but the bug fighters start flying around and light up all the birds in the vicinity. Just full on, just do a lot of bird murder here. <laughs> and a helicopter appears near Tobias and also takes a shot at him, which I guess is just like 
I mean, a helicopter doesn't really have guns mounted to it, so it must be a person just, like, hanging out of, like, an open window to shoot at him with a handheld gun, right? It could be a Blackhawk. <laughs> uh, I guess that's true. It's yeah, that could actually probably be. almost I, I certainly that. not a Blackhawk, but it could be. <laughs> I got the intent, I got the, uh, the impression they were, like, forestry, like, forest service vehicles, <laughs> yeah. um, which, which don't have weapons. Yeah, so... also, the helicopter is shooting Dracon beams, so... <laughs> They must have, like, retrofitted yeah, that... it with Dracon beams. Yeah, that's why, just in my mind, I just thought it was, like, they. it's, like, one of those, like, uh, military copter kind of deals where, like, the the doors are just open on the side a little bit. But, like, just if they're, like, not flying at full speed or up in the air kind of deal, and it's, like, there's just a guy there hanging out the side. The degree... Like, uh... The degree to hmm. which Yerk's mix and match human and Yerk technology is confusing and weird to me. Because... On the one hand, they have spaceships. On the other <laughs> hand, they use human construction equipment to build their big underground city. Yeah. And they when they also when they also could easily get that job done with their disintegration rays that they have. Uh, it's like you would think if you want to like deal with like a big like rock in the way, you could just blast it rather than having to haul it away. <laughs> on the one hand, they have spaceships. On the other, they use helicopters (laughs) well the helicopters are at least in this part like make sense because they're more maneuverable than a full spaceship for like being near like a forest i don't know that that's the case we don't know anything about the bug fighters maneuverability yeah i i guess yeah i i i sorry i can't imagine that um they would be any less maneuverable than like like the bug fighters be any less maneuverable than a, a big, fan, like a big crazy fan blade contraption <laughs> invented by primitive aliens, you know? Yeah, especially like, because yeah. in the first book they talk about how the bug fighters are about the size of a panel van, so that's almost certainly smaller than most helicopters and doesn't have to worry about the big rotors. <laughs> Unless, of course, yeah. they were using the gyrocopter from Mad Max, in which case. <laughs> Uh, that always just makes you remember of like some fucking stupid ass like multiplayer game that's assuredly dead at this point that giant bomb played at one point that had those things and they just watched like a guy get in it take off and immediately crash and die was it far cry Um, because these things were all over far cry 3 no no it wasn't no it wasn't far cry it was like some stupid like 360 era like multiplayer only game that definitely doesn't have a service going anymore i want to replay far cry i love I'll have to see if I can find game. it because I definitely, I definitely remember that these things were in Far, uh, Far Cry Four, I think, right? Because I think that was yeah, like part I of think the they were introduced they in of, like a guy four flying as flying machines, and then they've just been a part of the series ever since. Yeah, no, it's, it's not definitely not that that I'm thinking of because it definitely was a multiplayer like shooter game. <laughs> yeah, but regardless, uh, Tobias, knowing that he has to like get out of his line of sight of these things, decides to take refuge on top of the truck ship since he knows that they won't risk hitting their resources that they're harvesting. At which point I bring up, why did you not just decide to fly into the ship, Tobias, through that hole that was made in the bottom? <laughs> well, I don't think it was That's that big thought- of a hole, but... I, I guess, but that's what I thought was going to happen because they like he has to specify they hit us they hit the ship and made a little hole on the bottom, <laughs> which 
brings up a lot of questions of, well, wouldn't that ship decompress as soon as it goes into space, if, unless they have technology to seal that yeah. hole up instantly, like, you know, like the Mass Effect ships when they have big holes in them, and it's like, oh, well, there's, like, ship systems that prevent it from just decompressing immediately, if that yeah, happens. I mean, historically, but like held Dracon beams fire a beam roughly the width of a pencil, so I don't think that's gonna burn a hole big enough for a hawk. <laughs> I guess. Okay. But it's like, it's still big enough to decompress the ship. Oh yeah, absolutely. So it's like, but that's what I thought they were leading into of like, oh, there's a convenient hole in the ship so Tobias can go in to help his friends or whatever, <laughs> but then that doesn't happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but in any case, uh, chapter 24, which I'm going to call their absolute worst plan yet, has <laughs> Tobias surrounded by all the ships and helicopters, including Vista 3's blade ship, who calls out to him knowing he's obviously not a real bird. So, I guess, at least in the few weeks between books 2 and 3, Visser 3 actually fucking opened up a brief thing to, uh, for once to know what birds are after having no fucking idea what cats were. I guess I gotta learn so, about about earth animals now that my enemies can turn into them. Visser 3 being chewed out by his manager being like, yo, you gotta actually fucking read the briefings, my guy, to know what the fuck these earth creatures are. And he's like, ah, oh, fucking fine, <laughs> I guess. I'll open up this chapter and look at what a bird is like fucking it's, suppose it's, it's asshole it's just a zoo books <laughs> like he's just reading zoo books <laughs> no it's it's fit it's fit oh no wait what it is it's, it's, it's fitzer three with like one of those old like ch children's toys where like the cow goes boo <laughs> like he pulls the lever and just like listens to it and takes n fervent notes being <laughs> ah, like okay yes, cow moo cow black and white make milk okay cool got it <laughs> moving on <laughs> yeah i guarantee Tiger. you he absolutely does not know the difference between birds he just opened like a children's picture book and saw the general shape and said ah yes bird <laughs> yeah it's like oh uh, what are you talking about these dinosaur things aren't around anymore and they're not birds what they look like birds <laughs> this one's got wings how's it not a bird i'm like well no it's a pterodactyl my guy <laughs> birds are dinosaurs it's it's I mean, just yeah, it's, it's just it's just the it's just a fact. Um, so he's yeah yeah just uh the tiger says rar ah uh, yes a fearsome admirable beast <laughs> <laughs> such an intimidating noise for it to make. For for the uh, if we were able to actually like put these episodes on a podcast app instead of like notes we should just straight up have a picture of like the cow says boo device <laughs> the actual descriptor of the episode. I mean, I could put it as the cover image for the episode instead of the usual cover image. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, true. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> or it's just the cover image of the the X Files uh, title, but it also has like just one of those things floating in space. <laughs> Uh, yeah, any case. <laughs> uh, Tobias doesn't respond much like when Rachel was addressed by him. You know, because, like, obviously, don't want to give Visagery any info. <laughs> mm -hmm. And after he refuses to come quietly for a quick and painless death, they basically just resolve to wait him out, and it's like, well, we can take as long as we need. Eventually, this ship will go to space, and you'll probably have to move or suffocate. Yeah, it's true, but uh, also they don't but... know that he's stuck as a hawk, so to them, like, he's got a two-hour time limit. <laughs> yeah. Dude, okay, that's a question I've had for a while, actually, now I think about it. Do Andalites also have the two-hour time Oh, yeah, that's universal. General, yeah. That... Mm -hmm. Okay, I wasn't I wasn't sure if that was just, like, a human constraint on them, because the morphing technology isn't native to them, like the Andalites, so I didn't know if it was, like, just a thing that everybody yeah. had. No, it's also, it's also, like, a new thing for the Andalites. It's pretty recent. Yeah, uh, I gotcha. Um, all right, so we just have... In the first book, Elfangor actually talks about how it's limited based on his time and then corrects it to two hours so 
Hmm. So, I, I, this is just making me think, is there going to inevitably be a book where they try and make Visitor 3 be stuck as, like, a rat for two hours? <laughs> it's like, oh, if it affects everybody, it affects him too, right? <laughs> I think I think what, El, what Elfangor says is two of your hours. And is yeah. it? Okay. Yeah. It's like two of your Earth hours or whatever. I, I, I think, think, it's I think that actually... Um, I don't think we ever learn if Andalites have a unit with which to measure time beyond days, years, that kind of thing. I'm gonna be honest, um, I'm pretty sure we learned that in book four. <laughs> in in book... Yeah, you're right, he just says two of your Earth hours, okay. <laughs> and uh, I, actually, I actually have read ahead a little bit because I felt like it. Um, I will say... You know what? We'll wait for that. We'll wait for that. I'll yeah. bring that back up when we get to that point. Because the next is a Cassie book, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Because I thought I remembered it was like boy, girl, boy, girl, boy, in that order. Uh, more or less. It. Okay. Because there's like more. There, there's, there's more uh, boys on the team than girls. So. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, especially when we get yeah. axe added in there. Yeah. You know what I've just discovered about Seropedia that I don't love? It's not what? as good as uh, Wikipedia because it doesn't include an entry for every single thing that has ever been mentioned in the universe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure Wikipedia has like an entry for like soup and food. No, absolutely. <laughs> Those are separate articles. <laughs> uh, that's, that's amazing that Wikipedia feels the need to specify soup as a distinct kind of food. Yep. Which, hey, to be fair, soup fucking rules. Soup deserves it. The Dragon Ball Z wiki has a page on misgendering, so, like... (laughs) (laughs) Soups were a food item served in liquid form, sometimes alongside salads or meats. Salads also has its own article. (laughs) Amazing. Actually, it looks like the the, the page on Dragon Ball wiki has been removed, so never mind. (laughs) (laughs) When 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 is there ever a possibility of misgendering in Dragon Ball? Uh, uh, Frieza? <laughs> I don't know. Oh, huh. Mm. I never watched Dragon Ball, so I wouldn't be able to tell you anything about it, really, it's besides just a guess, what I know Frieza's from most of Goku. Frieza's very androgynous and only uses he-him pronouns, so it's possible that maybe somebody got that messed up, because he does tend a little yeah, towards them. Gotcha. Okay, that's fair. There's also, yeah, but, uh... there's also an article on Wikipedia about breasts. Yeah, on Wikipedia. Like, I yes. mean, yeah, because no, why no, no, they're wo- not? not not Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Oh. <laughs> no, Wikipedia. Wikipedia. That... Yes, that makes sense. Wikipedia also has it. Breasts were an anatomical it, feature it... in some species of the galaxy, such as humans, Dawaka, Ascagian species. In all yeah, seriousness, I... if you open up the search panel on Wikipedia, breast is the number one most searched option. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair. That just makes sense. It's boobs. Boobs are universal. But yes, Wikipedia actually has two pages for breasts because it's got a a canon and a legends page. Canon and legends. (laughs) (laughs) The legends page is much longer and more detailed. it's, it's the part in the Legends page just referencing how at one point uh, bras didn't exist in space until Princess Leia decided that bras existed or something because of that whole real actual conversation between Carrie Fisher and George Lucas. No, but it talks about why non-mammalian species have them, so... <laughs> sure. All right. Great. Uh, awesome. Thanks, Star Wars. Uh, fucking Star Wars. All right, Adam Morris. <laughs> 
The listeners can't see that. No, they can't. Um, it's just for you. Okay. Is that is that just is that just the episode title? Of Wikipedia has articles about breasts. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I don't. I think it has to be something, something a little bit more relevant to what it's we're actually be catchy, talking even. about. It, it also has to be something that's not wildly off-topic, like that is. Like, oh, but we've had we've had episodes of us weirdos being just about like talking about boobs as like. Or one episode that we have is really a joke about asses. Yeah, well, it, it's a <laughs> little bit like, to do with Owl House. the issue is just catchiness, right? Like, I'd be totally okay calling an episode "Wookie Breasts," but I would not be titling it "Wikipedia has a page about breasts." <laughs> It's too long. It doesn't catch the fair, ear. Fair. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. We should continue God. this. Yes, we should. Yeah. Yeah. I have like three more sentences about this chapter. Okay. But yeah. But uh. Yeah. Like Tobias is basically just gonna hang out there because he doesn't know what to do, and they're just like, "Well, we can wait you out." Uh. But at that point, Rachel calls him, saying that they're trapped since the grate won't open. Which I again, I read to mean as they're starting to drown because. I don't know, I guess I thought the tank was just full to the brim, so they had no air, but maybe not. <laughs> uh, Rachel then tells him that they're trapped and will be brought to the membership inevitably, and then at this point she just stopped posting about the pits. <laughs> it's being very distracting. Okay, I'll stop. <laughs> I will turn this podcast around. <laughs> We will not see Disney World. Uh, but yeah, but at that, like, uh, Rachel just fully tells him, like, hey, we don't want to be taken alive. <laughs> like, just full on, like, Tobias, take us the fuck out kind of situation. <laughs> uh, but Tobias knows that he can't get them out of there since he's bird. Uh, so Rachel asks him if he can find a way potentially to destroy the ship, but are also prepared to morph into their murder forms and die fighting if he can't, because he's a bird. Yeah, I love the part uh, where Rachel begs for death. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but then, like, these two more or less actually do say they love each other without actually doing so. At least that's how I read that part. <laughs> it's a little, little bit early on in their uh, friendship slash relationship, I guess. But it really does come across like they imply that a lot. <laughs> Uh, and after lamenting about how the Yorks have won, Tobias resolves to destroy the ship even if it costs him his friends. And at this point, Taxon starts to arrive on top of the ship to aim Dracon beams at him. So, again, he takes a leaf out of Disney's book and immediately reboots Bird to the face <laughs> to throw off the Taxon's aim and is able to grab his great gun beam from them, then flies towards the ship's bridge. I, I will I will say he, I'm pretty sure it's Taxon, but I do like the stress on the first syllable, making it Taxons. <laughs> Taxons. I don't know, maybe I was just mispronouncing it. Taxons. Either way. Uh, it's Taxon season. <laughs> I... I... I have always understood it to be tax on, but yes, I, I do enjoy the way you're saying it. <laughs> tax on, tax off. I feel like I've said tax on before, but this time I just said taxon for some reason. <laughs> it, it, it has it has um like very strong uh, Professor Farnsworth robot energy. No, no, uh, <laughs> no, sorry, it's um Zoidberg who says robot. <laughs> there's a there's a thing in uh, comic yeah. books sometimes where people will deliberately emphasize names wrong to make them last names, so you get like Mr. Batman. And Mr. that's Batman. that's the energy I get <laughs> off of this. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just I really want to hear a person in the DCU just call Batman Mr. Batman now. Uh, that's in the Lego <laughs> Batman movie, believe it or not. <laughs> oh huh. fun. Um, but yeah, that's those chapters. Uh, all right. Mine's done. <laughs> so I start off chapter five 
Um, which I've called Tobias Rex shit. <laughs> uh, because Tobias is very effective here. And honestly, we should give him a whole lot more kills than we're going to be able to. Um, oh, yeah. Like, we have no idea how many people are aboard this ship, but we only know of yeah. four that actually get out. Okay, so um, the Yurks have a hard time figuring out how to attack Tobias while he's sitting on the ship because he's sitting on the ship. Mm-hmm. So if they shoot at him, they're shooting at the ship. And apparently it's not a very durable thing. <laughs> um but the ship is rising and um you know it's 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 going into space so there is a there is a considerable time limit here and Visser 3 is um you know mocking Tobias with thought speech <laughs> Tobias considers responding but does not um and these kids are so bad at trying to maintain their cover because they're constantly being like oh i really wanted to tell him otherwise but then was like oh would that be dumb (laughs) well what tobias does next doesn't make a lot of sense to me because you gotta remember he's still holding the dracon beam he took from the taxon Mm -hmm. earlier Mm -hmm. um but yet he he starts flying with it not just flying but flying to outpace the sh- the spaceship that is currently <laughs> flying under him eventually he can't anymore so he starts kind of crawling along the ship itself but i don't understand how he's doing that because he's still holding the dracon beam and the talons that maybe, he's maybe, using to crawl with maybe 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 he doesn't mention it but he put the beam in his beak so he could carry that and also have his legs free i got the impression it was a lot bigger but then again like taxon arms are super tiny that's true. So maybe they yeah. it's like the size of a, maybe like they... that that picture that you showed uh, that one of you showed me a little while ago is like the size of a flashlight. Yeah, it looked like he could carry down his beak. It was like a small rifle, um, but I don't know. It's it's it has to be like a pistol sized thing. Oh yeah, no because... dracon beams are explicitly yeah, yeah. pistols unless you have a dracon rifle, yeah. which is different. <laughs> yeah, and I don't. I think a taxon would have hard have a hard time carrying a rifle because they got little tiny crab arms. <laughs> Yeah, they, um, yeah, they're like the size of like Star Wars blasters, really. Yeah. I think they're uh, smaller so, than that, uh, honestly. Regardless, there's a fake Pokemon card called a Dracon for some reason. So, somehow he manages to flap his way up in front of the ship so that he can see into the bridge. And there's taxons in there who are flying the ship, and they just stare up at him. And so he he like lunges off and then turns the Dracon beam toward the ship. And fires it with his talons, uh, and just like uh, <laughs> s- slices a taxon in half with it. So ding, um, and destroys the control panels and instruments. Uh, after that, he he sort of starts just falling toward the earth below. But he sees the ship start to shudder, like it's just hit a bump, and then it starts rolling to the side. Uh, crashes into a helicopter, ball of orange flame, ding. So, yeah, there's at least two kills from that helicopter, because yeah, there's at, at least a pilot and a, definitely at least a gunner of some sort. Yeah, I, I would say at least one, but I think we could probably safely say two. So right now, Device has just racked up three. I'm not going to count anyone in the ship, because honestly, we have no way of knowing. Yeah. It's very possible yeah, like that the folks could, on the bridge were the, the only ones on the ship. Yeah. Yeah, like, there could be, like, five people at minimum on this mm-hmm. ship. There could also be, like, 50, for all we know. Yeah, we don't know. Maybe uh, it's three. Apparently nobody's no in the room. 
Apparently there's nobody in the room checking out the water tank to make sure that process goes well every time, <laughs> evidently. Yeah. Uh, so a couple of bug, shop, bug fighters and the blade ship manage to get out of the way, um, but one of the bug fighters does not. It slams into the side of the ship and explodes, so ding. <laughs> Yeah, um, uh, probably at least another two, right? Unless the, are the bug fighters? I guess I'm I thinking think, of the bug fighters. I think fighters, bug like... fighters are crewed by pairs. I think because uh, I, I know I know we see the inside of them later, and they have a hork bajir and taxon crew. Well, that's the thing, right? They can be paired by crews, but they don't have to be. They're a little bit like they're they're more a Y wing bomber than they are a Tie fighter. So yeah, okay. I, I guess I was mostly thinking along the lines of like. Uh, Star Wars ships where it's like, well, but, X-Wings technically are crewed by two because they have the droid in but them, here's, but like some of the other ones, like the Snowspeeders are two people, definitely. But here's the thing, even if it's one person in the Bugfighter and one person in the helicopter, we still have to count them as two because we're counting Yerk deaths. Yeah, We already so, decided to do that, and there's no yeah. way those Yerks survived. Yeah, that's... No. <laughs> like, up. I'm even totally that, cool counting that, that as two. I just don't think we can assume that there's at least two people in the bug fire. Yeah, <laughs> there were two taxons that he could see in the ships. So that's four. <laughs> so I'm counting a total of six kills from Tobias in this chapter. Yep. <laughs> um. Yeah. The, uh, the zero. The zero. Yeah. I hear the answer to voice. Multi, uh, you know, definitely double kill, triple kill, and probably yeah. overkill it there. But. Yeah. But yeah, the, the Seropedia article on Bugfighter does not specify how many people have to man these things. I'm pretty sure later you see that they stand, like, it's standard, they have a, um, a Hork-Bajir and Taxon crew. Yeah. But, like, Which one hork makes sense. One I mean, like, yeah, it makes sense. You're pro it's probably the same situation of, like, a pilot and a gunner. It's, yeah, but I don't, Like I, don't I know. say, they absolutely are intended to run with two people, but there are situations where we will see people running them singularly, so... Okay. Like, you can fly them by yourself. It's just not going to be as good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So at this point, the ship has a giant gash in the side, and you know millions of gallons of water are are just pouring out of it. And with that water, um, Rachel, Mark, Ochake, and Cassie in human form uh, are falling to presumably their deaths. That's the end of chapter five. Which, which I have to bring up. How do none of these pe fucking people in these spaceships notice four kids fall out of this ship? They are busy, yeah, okay? It, it doesn't... Well, they're very distracted. That's fair. Do, do, um, do they not have, like, any sort of, like, fucking radar system that alerts them to, like, oh, like, four life forms fell out of the ship, and they definitely did not look like any of our guys? No, have why to, would they have that? Again, I think they're more worried about the giant truck ship that is about to fall out of the sky um, i guess it's, it just, is... it's just abusing to no, me it... that they don't know this four kids fall 700 feet you're right it doesn't make a lot of sense but uh regardless they apparently don't um and i've titled chapter six the animorphs invent a new extreme sport <laughs> um <laughs> because as they're falling they Fa start to falling to your death fall no fa <laughs> falling it's like a it's like a, it's a it's a new kind of skydiving where you morph to bird. <laughs> Only <laughs> druids can do it though. While you're falling, <laughs> yeah. Or if you've had like the uh, if you if you have the morphing power. Um, well, d just just as long as that druid isn't Marisha Ray who decides to turn into a fish when she jumps yeah, off a cliff. I don't know why you're saying stuff about druids. It's just... <laughs> 
Because it's an easy comparison. No, it's not. It's not they the can, same turn, at all, they can, though. They turn into animals. Yeah, they no, turn into animals. It's, they're wild. They, they, it's not wild shape. The morphing power works completely differently. It's not fancy, and they can do it more than one times per day. They can do it as many times as they want. It also isn't instantaneous. It takes longer, usually, than That's... they have here. <laughs> um, <laughs> Fair. Uh, I mean, Dora can do it instantly, and as many times as she and, wants. And... <laughs> um, so for like they they do manage to morph just in time, which which supports my theory that the morph that morphing goes faster if you're terrified. I agree. Yes. Um, which makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Tobias is. But wait, no, no, but but they were terrified when they were being the wolves and they were getting stuck with the morphing. But they weren't. That the reason they were getting stuck was because they were nearing the two-hour time limit. Well, I feel like that might be a combination of factors, because they were definitely panicking and not... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, they were like, oh, fuck, 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 and that's why they couldn't concentrate as much, but in this case, they were like, well, we have to focus on this, or else we will splash. Yes. Yeah, it's like, it's like, uh, there's a difference between, um, you're trying to fight your way out of a shape, and there's, like, the kind of focus that, like, survival-based yeah, fear focuses you into. Kind of hard to focus on kind of hard to focus on your physical body when you're falling 700 feet that splat onto the ground and die <laughs> or it's like maybe that that fills you with a kind like that kind of fear and necessity fills you with a kind of focus that makes morphing work better <laughs> or maybe more maybe the just the adrenaline like the presence of adrenaline causes it to go faster um but kind of like how link can easily focus on opening up his uh paraglider every time when he's about to definitely hit ground and die immediately yeah um, so Cassie's the first one to morph, obviously. Um, Marco barely makes it. Uh, they are able to morph Bird in time to survive the fall. Um, and they're out of the ship, so that's good. But the truck does start to fall down into the earth, and <laughs> it explodes. Um, yeah, these are not very well-made spaceships. <laughs> yeah, they are not very... <laughs> Well, there's no more pilot, so there's that. That's true. But uh, the ship explodes, the bomb goes off, and being rational beings, the Animorphs don't do what the other birds in the forest do, which is fly up. Um, Ladyhawk is one of the birds to do that. And uh, I'm sorry, just every time you say Ladyhawk, that is a bad 80s movie. So Yeah, I know, that's why I keep saying it. <laughs> Um, lady- this poor this poor bird was started this book in prison to be used as a prop, got <laughs> let out immediately by Tobias, and has bent the entire book just being weirdly horny towards her, only for her to just get killed here in the end. It's not as if Tobias guess- enjoys being weirdly horny towards her. <laughs> no, it's definitely but, but, like an yeah. intrusive series of thoughts. Yeah. Um, yeah, but it's like, this, this hawk didn't deserve any of this. <laughs> yeah, no, she did not. Um, she runs, she flies into the sky, and then is shot by a dracon beam, which evaporates her wing, and she falls to the earth, uh, quote, never to fly again, um, and soon to be eaten by some kind of forest animal, I'm sure. Pack um, of wolves, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Torn apart alive and devoured. Um we already know they, they attack have, red tails. <laughs> they don't have time to help her, though. They flee. We enter into the last chapter, which I have called the dialectic reaches synthesis. Um, <laughs> and they've 
they've left. It's it's a day later. They escaped. Uh, and Tobias goes to visit Rachel. Um, she asks how he's doing. He says he's okay. Um, and Rachel suggests that they go back to the lake and try to find Lady Hawk's body um, to bury her. And Tobias says that doesn't sound crazy. Rachel thinks it sounds crazy. But Tobias says it doesn't sound crazy. It sounds human. He remarks that, like, the fact that he's sad about it is actually reassuring because a bird would not feel sad about another bird dying. A human would. And so the fact that he cares about it means that in some respect he's still human. Um, but then he also says, like, no, the body would be gone. Um, it'd be eaten by a raccoon, a wolf, another bird. Um, and I, I guess Rachel, like, senses something in this. <laughs> something about Tobias's tone because she responds um, that that's how it works for wild animals, not humans. And like Tobias didn't like make any specific, explicit mention of that, but um, Rachel's like really, really adamant that Tobias should think of himself as a human. Um, yeah, and it's especially like in this moment, she's talking about that's how it is for wild animals, but the hawk is a wild animal. This is very specifically not a human. <laughs> well, it's also like, at this moment, Tobias is expressing a a state of mind or a, a point of view that is very, like, understanding of, um, like, that is very sort of in line with the the hawk part of him mm -hmm. that listen when when a bird dies other animals eat the bird that's just how it works and i think rachel's being like it doesn't have it's not how it has to work here we could still go and try to look for the body um and tobias is like uh i think that's kind of what 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 she's getting at um tobias kind of answers like yeah he's partly human He's capable of feeling sad. He's capable of grieving over death, but he's also a predator who kills for food. He's a hawk, um, and this makes this makes Rachel sad. Um, she, that's like the last, the last um, sort of shot we get of her because after this, Tobias just kind of fucks off. He leaves <laughs> uh, and flies off into the sky. And thermals ding. And thermals <laughs> ding. And. Uh, it ends with "Be happy for me and all who fly free." And thermals so, ding. And thermals ding. Yeah. Had to get two more in there in the last paragraph. Yes. Is this gonna be every Tobias book where they always say thermals like twenty times? Yeah. I. Okay. I have to find that. What's the What's the final count? Uh, we can chat about that in a second. I'd like to talk about the chapter mm -hmm. first if we're cool. We can do that in wrap up. <laughs> yeah. Sure. 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 Yeah, I feel like a lot of what's going on here is because they're talking about this other hawk as a hawk and Rachel wants to go get the body and bury it. And I feel like what's happening here, even though they don't explicitly say it, is the, they are talking about Tobias's future in metaphor through this other hawk. And I think that's why, because he's specifically talking about how her body's going to be eaten. Yeah. And then she's all, that's how it is for wild animals, not humans. But again, that hawk is a wild animal. This yeah, only that, applies that if you're talking about Tobias. <laughs> so, yeah, I think this is him yeah. telling her how it's going to be when he dies someday. 
I, I, I could definitely see that interpretation as, as valid. Um, I also think that, like, continuing the, the metaphor thread, burying that hawk is almost like burying Tobias's hawk nature. Like, yeah, for sure. To, to go in and treat this hawk as a human, like, as a human would, go find it, grieve over it, and like mourn it bury it uh would be to treat death in the way that a human does um but in this case like in this specific case uh tobias is content to just let the the hawk you know be subjected to the same forces that anything that dies in the forest is subjected to um which Hmm. While, like, definitely, like, yes, a human could feel that way, um, brings him further away from the human mindset than Rachel is comfortable with. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned, you titled the chapter about synthesis. I feel like this is really the, I guess, the birth, the realization of Tobias's understanding of himself as a sort of mm-hmm. species non-binary entity, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Because up to this point, he's been very one or the other, and finally he realizes here that it's not one or the other. He has to find a place of his own that's in between. Yeah, well, that's why that's what I meant by like synthesis. Because like the the dialectic is two apparently incompatible ideas that are apparently true at the same time. Basically, a paradox or some kind of contention between two things with separate. like separate incompatible goals and the synthesis is a third option that speaks to some kind of deeper truth and uh, resolves the conflict and in this case the synthesis is that tobias is both that there is a way that tobias can be both a hawk and a human yeah. um yeah it's it's, it's the green mess of a game <laughs> literally actually just straight up also called synthesis yeah i guess that's true it's also the ending that doesn't suck well it's still we it's still weird and a bit forcing stuff onto people but it's better than wiping out all synthetic life and it's also better than controlling all synthetic life mass effect three oh sorry It's it's eleven years old. I know. So fine. I still have to it. <laughs> there. It's one of those where like I have I have the reason is I have issues with points of no return. I have trouble going past them in games. That's especially if I really really yeah, really the, love the game. Yeah, there 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 is a clear like point of like when you go to this, it's yeah. end in yeah. that game. Well, like, that's in all of not the like Mass two where games. it's. <laughs> uh, not but in it's two. harder. Like, it's harder when it's Mass Effect three because the series is over. Like yeah, because like I think I'm pretty sure in two after you do the collector base you can still just keep doing stuff, which is how you can do like the DLC afterwards. Well, in 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 addition, in two I never do that because I don't see the point. In two, yeah, in two, like you can go to the point of no return, but it's like less of a big deal because you know there's a three after it. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. The that's not the case for Mass Effect Three, which is why I have never well, finished that game. There's a Mass um, Effect Four that's being made right now, and there's also Andromeda. So there you go. But Andromeda isn't like a it's like a side story of mm-hmm. that universe. Six hundred years afterwards. It's more than um, six hundred, I think. I thought they did, I thought they said it takes like roughly six hundred from to get from. I don't uh, remember. It doesn't matter that from. much. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, no, it doesn't matter because Andromeda is never going to get a sequel. Yeah. Um, <laughs> They're bringing out the DLC that they clearly had plans for. But yeah, I think I think this is a good way to end this book. I think that it it wraps up like the overarching theme of the book pretty well. <laughs> as much as we did deal with like a space truck and trying to destroy it, as ostensibly <laughs> the plot and conflict, the real conflict in this book is Tobias trying to figure out. Um, what he is and how he is that thing yeah uh so i i I really like just how immediate their plan to try to uncloak the ship just goes to hell (laughs) yeah because they have an actual good idea and it's like well it's already it's already shot just blow this shit up because it was a it was a bad idea it turned out to be a bad idea because it had no intel about the inside of the ship (laughs) so um maybe they should have gotten that they're gonna get better at that later they're still very new at this and still very bad at it. And once they get more contacts, more allies, um, it'll be easier to operate with actual knowledge about, uh, you know, the stuff that they're trying to deal with. <laughs> yeah, which I envision won't be till Axe shows up at some point. Axe and some other characters you haven't met yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who are, I think, some of my favorites. Is, is the Space Wizard one of them? Uh, the Space Wizard... <laughs> space Wizard's complicated. I'm not thinking about the Space Wizard. He is... ostensibly a character, yes. <laughs> the Space Wizard is a lot like Gandalf, in that... You know how Gandalf, throughout the, um, the Lord of the yeah, Rings, he, kind of he show, shows up, up, to shows tell up the... sometimes yeah, he... and does some stuff, and then fucks off and leaves and doesn't come back yeah, he, until... He impart- <laughs> He imparts some knowledge and leaves for fifty fucking years. Yeah, it's like it's like because apparently it took that long to research the ring. It's like that, except he's even less reliable. <laughs> oh, fun. Yeah, and a lot of the time um, he doesn't bring any knowledge with him. He just kind of shows up. <laughs> he just kind of shows up and does something mysterious and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> he shows up, casts minor illusion, and is like, "All right, I'm good." Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely <laughs> Sorry, not, not minor illusion. D&D joke, but still, definitely not minor illusion. <laughs> Silent image. Major illusion? Um, <laughs> or major image. Again, he's yeah. definitely capable of, like, if we're going to use the D&D metaphor, he's definitely a 20th level, like, possibly beyond. It's, it's he's, he's, wait, yeah. 20th yeah, level is insufficient. Yes. <laughs> but he just sits on all that magical knowledge. He's really honestly more like, like, in what he's capable of, he is more like Q than Gandalf. Yes, that is... Um, yeah, Q is a very good metaphor. Yeah. But yeah, um, I guess, so since that's the end of this book, do we want to, like, how do we feel about this book? We did a wrap-up at the end of the last one, and we didn't seem super impressed by it. I like this one a lot more. Well, like, yeah. Even though the kids are yeah, still but... stupid, it's it's stupid in a way that makes sense, I guess. <laughs> that they're just naive. Everything they do wrong is because they're naive. Um, yeah. And that makes sense for children. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think that this yeah, is a really it's... good look at Tobias, um, and we'll get really good looks at Rachel later, but I don't think that, that two really did a great job of exploring her whole deal quite yet. Um, Especially because he also super forgets to mention her friend at all in this book, and but Tobias remembers middle, middle well, stuff. Rachel, Melissa. Rachel, yes. Rachel, I'm already forgetting her name. <laughs> Rachel is similar to Tobias in that a lot of what makes her character work has to do with the duality of of kind of what she is um or what or how she sees herself or how Mm -hmm. she wants to see herself um Mm -hmm. 
and we didn't really get a lot of that in the last uh, book. In this book, we get a very clear look at Tobias and what he's thinking. Uh, I don't think. Yeah, I don't like, think like like Rachel's whole character arc didn't even start in the last <laughs> book. It kind of did no, her, her... a little bit, but like the level of psychological scarring that Rachel is going to experience that's going to make her into a really interesting character has not yet really occurred. It kind of starts in book two, but... <sighs> yeah, I mean, I feel like book two is a very good portrait of Rachel as a character. It just doesn't, like, do anything with her beyond show us that portrait. You know, she doesn't have any kind of real turmoil in that book. Yeah, it's just, her, this is who she the, is. The, her, the one... Yeah, her, her entire characterization is pissed and does murder the one that i think well, that's I remember not as... the case though as of book two as of book two she's very much a, 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 yeah. a kind emotional person who spends her time reading books and that's like yeah she's not she's not quite like the angry murder happy person yet and <laughs> the, the i think the the book i remember most distinctly as being a like a really good rachel character study is the one with the starfish yeah, that's a... Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I think... I know, you brought that up before, and I'm like, why do they have to turn to the surface? We're gonna get into it a few books away, but honestly, the one that I think of when I think of racial character studies is the first Megamorphs book, weirdly enough. Weird, interesting. I actually haven't read that one in a long oh, time. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think I read it, like, once. I don't remember much about it. That's fair. Uh, it's understandably forgettable. They have to be a little bit removed from the rest of the plot, since they don't fall into the standard yeah. numbering scheme. Um, but yeah, um, so for our wrap-up, I guess we'll say, uh, as of the end of book three, we have hit 25 in our thermals count. <laughs> we are almost getting to 10 per book, just on average. Uh, and, uh, our kill counts. I will go ahead and roll it back from bottom to top. We have Jake in last place with one. Marco and Cassie tied for two. Uh, Rachel's got five. Uh, Visser three sitting at six and a half. And Tobias in the lead with 7.5 kills. <laughs> Impressive <laughs> considering that he's a hawk all the time. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's a bird. He does not have thumbs and yet he can do the most murder. I mean, to be fair, it's like it's like when you get a... like it, in, If you ever play Overwatch, it's like when you get a really good ult with D.Va. It's like... <laughs> The yeah, the, cir the circumstances just, it blows up in the right spot. The circumstances <laughs> aligned perfectly for Tobias to kill a lot of people. Yeah, uh, I don't think yeah, I don't think he turns, would be able to do that unless that happened. Yeah, speaking turns of which, out the like, easiest way for any of these kids to do murder is if they have a gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Go figure. There's a thing that I wanted to bring up that I completely forgot to at the moment, but when he's like looking at the bridge and aiming down with that gun, he absolutely says that the, the, the cover of the bridge is transparent plastic, which like, yeah, absolutely he's going to be able to kill a bunch of guys. They made their spaceship out of plastic. I feel like it, it's got to, like, I would say that it's got to be some kind of weird super plastic, but um, it's obviously not because a Dracon beam can pierce it. Really, really easily, <laughs> yeah. These, these fucking idiots just having a fucking piece of plastic duct taped to the front of their ship being like, this is good enough for space travel, right? Oh no, turns out no. 
We never uh, thought to actually test our own weaponry against the thing, just in case. Well, I guess we could maybe say that Tobias just doesn't know the difference between plastic and transparent aluminum, but... <laughs> so, what is our next book going to be? Yeah, so starting next week, we'll be joined, jumping in on Animorphs Book 4, The Message. The first one to star Cassie, and uh, possibly maybe this is just a trivia thing, but it's also the first one to have a cover by David Mattingly, who will do the covers for the rest of the series. And this one... I gotta say, so so far, a lot of these book titles are giving me a lot of Shira vibes, where it's just like, it's like, just kind of weirdly unrelated to the to the book itself like uh, it makes sense well, a little bit no it, but... it's it's related uh the message I mean, I very guess. much does center around a message so. yeah i mean yeah like the, the visitor i mean you can extrapolate it being like oh well obviously it's rachel going to visit the chapman house and the encounter mm-hmm. i guess is like both the bird and also the ship well the encounter, the encounter is tobias seeing a ufo that's specifically like alien language is uh, an oh, alien fair, yeah. like within yeah. ufology also, seeing like... a spaceship is a, a, a an mm-hmm. alien yeah. encounter is the word they use for it an encounter of the first yeah. kind i believe for just seeing a ship but like um Something like that, yeah. With, with... But I also interpreted that as meeting the bird because the bird is very distracting the device. So <laughs> no, with with um, with this next one, this is I don't think it's it's a spoiler. It's not a spoiler. Um, the the book very much does revolve around a message. Yeah, it super does. So it's a very apt title, I think. We said some stuff in the first couple episodes about the events of this book, but we actually pushed them back, so, uh... Because <laughs> we thought they happened in, like, book seven, but nope, we were wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Um, what what oh, was I'm that actually specifically? a few months away from the first Megamorph. Uh, I believe we said that, um... Best Boy Axe, who the show is named after, debuted in, uh, the, the first in his first book oh yeah which no no it's right, definitely not right. true definitely like, not true. i don't know why we um, made that conclusion but <laughs> no because he's already like like that book opens and i read that book a, a billion times yeah yeah that's the really good ones and it opens up with him already being like involved so mm-hmm. i don't know why we thought that yeah. uh we, we just weren't thinking it's been too long <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah no it's true uh this next one is the the cover is cassie to dolphin um, so we gonna get some ocean action, uh, and I have to say this next one's one of my favorites. It also, I think you said, um, in an interview for like promoting book thirteen, yeah. was it? Yeah, uh, this, that was a Nickelodeon magazine interview where Applegate yeah. said that book four is her favorite. Yeah, and I can see why. Hmm. Honestly, um, I started on it uh, this week and I devoured the whole thing because. <laughs> Uh, it is. It takes like two hours to read one of these it, books. To be it fair, it does take two <laughs> hours to read, but it's also just really cool. Yeah, <laughs> like it's it's a really cool book. Um, it it gets into a lot of weird, heady, like almost not in a bad way, Heinleinian concepts. <laughs> I guess it reminds me of Stranger in a Strange Land in a weird way. That's, um, yeah, because. <laughs> It's a little bit spoilers to say why. I'll talk about it. Yeah, for uh, sure. It's just, like when when we're talking about the possibility of like the things we don't know as humans about animal minds. <laughs> um, Kay Applegate really likes to have fun with that. 
and uh, I enjoy the way she has fun with it in this next book. Yeah, it, it truly is an excellent example. I think the next one is really, as much as we've chatted about the series so far, I think book four is where it really, really starts to be the Animorphs with capital letters, if that makes sense. Yes, yeah, I can see that. It's, it's... We have yet to see the kids act like competent guerrilla fighters. We have yet to see them actually treat this like they need to be treating it. Um, I guess with with like Marco insisting on secrecy, you do. Yeah. But um, uh, <laughs> it's. It, it, they they get better at this. They yeah. do get better at this. That's true. They do. So. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm eagerly looking for that point when we can stop saying these kids are freaking idiots. <laughs> there was another thing that I wanted to mention real quick, and I guess maybe this is premature, but like, I've been doing a lot of reading into the history of this series and the merchandise and so forth over the past couple of weeks because my executive dysfunction is preventing me from doing homework, and so I'm doing other useless things instead. But one of the things I read was an interview with David Mattingly. I, I mentioned that the next book is his first cover, but in this interview he says that uh, the, the first three books were done by other people and Scholastic wasn't happy with it. And they just, the, the art director for Scholastic, Dave Tomasino, just kind of called Mattingly up and said, hey, I heard you do this thing that's called morphing. Can we, can we have you do these books? And Mattingly had not ever done that before. But he said yes anyway and got the job. I mean, I guess they're not too far out of there when you look at, like, the cover of the very first book with mm -hmm. some of those horrifying persons of the yeah. faces. Yeah, that first one was pure CGI, and the second one was drawn, and the third one was more what they were looking for, but they still weren't quite okay with it, so... They, they offered Mattingly this gig, and he went out and bought the one computer program available at the time that could do it that day, and... Yeah, he just had the book, the the job for the rest of the series. <laughs> so I'm really curious. I'm cur really curious what the motivation for that program existing was. Of like, oh, we need to have a uh, something that can make a person turn into an animal, and it just how happens already exists. Ah, well, good question. In this interview, he also talks about the oh, genesis boy. of that program, and it was for Terminator Two when they needed to turn a man into a blob of silver goo. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, actually, yeah. I could see why it would be like, oh, this thing exists for that purpose. We can just repurpose it yes, for this. Once again, Terminator 2 saves that the world. Out. <laughs> um, and the result was these weird-ass covers. Yes. That <laughs> Animorphs are known for. Um, <laughs> that I Infamous hate. for, I would say. <laughs> Infamous for, yeah. And yeah, the fun part of these is, and again, you don't really know this unless you read the, the paper books as a kid, but... Um, they had the face of the animal cut out, and then when you opened up the front page, you'd see, like, a scene from the book inside of it. Uh, <laughs> so that was fun. Um, hmm. I think uh, this one is just, like, underwater, but <laughs> some, of, some of them are, are, are kind of crazier. Yeah, it's, it's just a standard, like dolphin underwater in a brightly colored coral reef in the 90s mm -hmm. kind of thing the one the one that sticks out to me most is that one that's jake the tiger and the inside cover is on the other <laughs> planet they're on oh, and it's just like yeah. the weirdest trippiest like fucking uh 
Yeah, without um, exaggeration. Jack, Jack Kirby. Book 26 like Jack Kirby is my nonsense. favorite, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah but, but book 26 is, again, like, just a, l- a little a little bit of Douglas Adams getting in there. Yeah. You know, no, just a it's... little tiny bit of Douglas Adams sneaking into our, into, sneaking into our K.A. Applegate. <laughs> yeah, it's, um... I feel like that's the first thing that they really, really start to play with uh, the outer space stuff, you know? <laughs> the fact that, like, ever, like half the other uh, alien species in the universe are just as fucking stupid and ridiculous as humans, yeah. I'm honestly just gonna post this in the chat because we'll have no context for it anyway, so it doesn't matter if it's spoilers. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Um, I, I just yeah, that's cover that's the inside and... cover I'm talking oh, about. It's it's fucking nonsense. It's... Yeah. <laughs> I, what I love is how the, the, uh, what is this fucking Legoland? <laughs> like, look, look, like if you're if you're if you're if you're listening, look up the the inside cover to book twenty six. It, it does look like Legoland. And also, my favorite part is that Jake is fighting the uh, the alien there, the Howler. Um, and then all of the others are just kind of in the background being like, yeah, get him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they really, they, they really, they have a lot of like that DGDG, uh, Link Wind Waker comic of like, no one cares, Link stab him, and then going, yeah, when Link stabs Ganondorf in the fucking head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, like, it really does look like it's just a fucking gorilla <laughs> and Black Bear just going like, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and then there's also a wolf, an, an eagle, uh, well, a hawk, actually, because I guess that would be Tobias, and then acting back on be like, woo! Yeah, this story, this story is gonna go some crazy places, and I'm very excited for it. I, I also, this is not the alien is also fucking priceless, because it's like a weird molten lava man, and he just clearly has some shit photoshopped onto him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like no. the fucking wolverine claws, and like the, the fucking, like, bandolier of whatever the fuck's nonsense is on That's him. That's actually very, very faithful to the book description yeah it really is uh, of what they look like yeah um <laughs> yeah this molten lava man with bright blue eyes yeah. apparently mm-hmm. <laughs> um very faithful to the book description but yeah uh, we'll get to that i think that's book 26 so what is that it's three it's like years? three years now two years yeah. i think yeah three three two and a half yeah we'll all take a trip to actual legoland to discuss this legoland book <laughs> 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 assuming the pandemic might actually be resolved a little bit by then <laughs> to go to a music park <laughs> Yeah. Um, do we have any other final thoughts on the encounter? <laughs> um, no, I think we're too distracted with fucking Legoland in space at this point. No, I think I think I think we we summed it up pretty well. I think it was a good Tobias character study, and that will get more good Tobias character studies in the future when he returns in um, the I forget the number of the book, but it's the one where the space wizard shows up. <laughs> it would be eight or nine, right? Depending if there's an axe book in between uh, I there. I think the there next is Tobias an... book is like thirteen. Yeah. Really? Well, also we're gonna have to get through some megamorphs first, and I think yeah. we get uh, we get yeah, yeah, because that one's in, that one's like seven point five. I think we get Andalite Chronicles before that too. Uh, no, Andalite uh, Chronicles is quite a ways off. It is. What's the first Chronicles book? Um, I think that. Let's see. Oh yeah, you're right. I just looked up a uh, list of Animorphs books, and yeah, the next one by Tobias is book thirteen, The Chained. Yeah, the only Which thing is, we I have between like here and there is the first Megamorphs. 
Okay. Yeah, because right. that one I think is like again like eight and a half or something. I'm like looking so, yeah. forward to the Chronicles books the most because they're and honestly the one I'm looking forward to the most is the Olympus Chronicles because I read that one a billion times as a kid because yeah. it's so good, and well, it's like literally. I think I think our plan was to actually start reading. Yeah, that do that in chronological halfway, order. <laughs> halfway through, like d- during, like in the middle of the last book, because that's technically when it takes place. Yep. <laughs> um. But yeah. Uh, yeah so just looking at our reading order, goodness. That yeah okay yeah that's it that's why. They've got the Andalite Chronicles in the wrong place. That's why it was... Mm, okay. I see. Um, yeah, that's that's probably why. So, uh, with that, I think we're about done. I think we are. So, uh, until next week, there's not much left to say, but remember, Zero did nothing wrong. Zero did nothing wrong. I will continue, as ever, to assume that y'all are right that Zero did nothing wrong. Until proven otherwise. I mean, we're right. Don't worry about it. We are. Don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't it have just makes to... me. It makes me question even more when you have to specify like that. It's like, don't worry about it. Hey, listen. You trust us. Yeah. Trust us. It's fine. I don't know. Maybe y'all. Maybe y'all are controllers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I'm right. the controller. Maybe I don't know.